0: San Francisco, London, and presumably a lot of places around the world this year just aren't used to the heat that they're experiencing, right? It's like, I don't have air conditioners in my house and you don't either, Gemma, right? There's a lot of mismatch between the infrastructure and the cities and the buildings and the climate people are living in this year.
1: That's Dan Marino from the conversation podcast, The Weekly. And Dan will be talking soon with Gemma Ware, his co-host on the podcast. I'm Robert McLean, your host of Climate Conversations. Welcome. It's great to have you on board. Climate Conversations is assembled here in Shepparton in Northern Victoria, Australia on the lands of the Yorty Yorta people. Yes, the stolen lands of the Yorty Yorta people. and I pay my respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. We'll have a little more now from the weekly and you'll find the link for that podcast in the show notes.
2: Hello, I'm
0: Gemma Ware in London. And I'm Dan Marino in San Francisco. It is good to be back.
2: We've been busy working on some new ideas for the show over the past few months, which is why you've not been hearing so much from us. And we're really excited now about the stories we've got coming up for you.
0: Welcome back to The Conversation Weekly.
2: Dan, I heard that you guys have been hitting some temperature records over there in California. Is it really, really hot?
0: It's so hot. Hot right now, Gemma. Uh, yeah, we've been breaking records all over the Bay Area. San Francisco was super hot yesterday. Let me just look this up real quick. I think we were hitting 116 Fahrenheit in Livermore, which is in the East Bay. 115 in Santa Rosa.
2: What is that in my speak in Celsius? Oh, uh,
0: north of 46, close to 47. Wow, 46. That is that yeah. is
2: that is really hot. H- how are you keeping cool?
0: Well, uh, at least in San Francisco, the city, most of the houses don't have air conditioning. It's not usually this hot. And certainly it's not been that hot here in San Francisco. But yesterday I was lying on my housemate's room's floor because she has the colder room in the house. It kind of worked. I took a nap.
2: (laughs) Well, that sounds a little bit like what we were doing here in London a couple of months ago when we hit our own temperature records. It hit not 46, but, uh, but 40. And I was putting towels, wet towels in the fridge and draping them around my neck and Yeah, it didn't smell so great, but yeah, it
0: was was hot. (laughs) I remember that you had like a wet towel around you and we were trying to record something. Uh, It looked like a good idea. You gonna try it? Uh, We'll see. We'll see if the sun comes out today. But um, we've both been going through this heat, right, Gemma? And we both live in cities that aren't traditionally super hot. And we're not alone this year, right? Like there's been a lot of different places all around the world that are dealing with unusually high temperatures.
2: Yeah, Europe's been having them. In China, they've been having heat waves. In North Africa, this has been a really, really bad year for extreme heat.
0: So one thing that struck me yesterday, and my friends and I were talking about it, I remember we talked about it when you guys were having your heat wave, is that San Francisco, London, and presumably a lot of places around the world this year just aren't used to the heat that they're experiencing, right? It's like... I don't have air conditioners in my house and you don't either, Gemma, right? There's a lot of mismatch between the infrastructure and the cities and the buildings and the climate people are living in this year.
2: You're right. Your house, my house, these buildings are just not designed for this kind of heat. But while this is a pretty new problem for London and for san francisco around the world there are actually lots of buildings built in ways that are just not right for their environment in this episode i've been exploring how certain styles of architecture and building design were exported all over the world and in the process they usurped traditional building techniques that are better suited to hotter temperatures
1: and please don't forget you'll find the link for that podcast in the show notes meanwhile we need to think seriously about our shift to electric vehicles A story from the conversation headed, A rapid shift to electric vehicles can save 24,000 lives and leave us $148 billion better off over the next two decades. The story says, Reducing air pollution from road transport will save thousands of dollars and improve the health of millions of Australians. One of the quickest ways to do this is to accelerate the current slow transition to electric vehicles. The story continues, Our newly published research evaluates the costs and benefits of rapid transition. In one scenario, Australia matches the pace of transition of world leaders such as Norway. Our modelling estimates that it would save 24,000 lives by 2042. The resulting greenhouse emissions reductions over this time would almost equal Australia's current total annual emissions from all sources. We also calculated the total costs and benefits through to 2042. Australia would be about $148 billion better off overall with a rapid transition. You'll find a link to that story in the show notes. We've reached the end of this episode of Climate Conversations. Thanks so much for your company. And until we talk again, please take care, stay safe and please be kind. For everyone you meet, is fighting a great battle. And please, if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to share with your friends. And finally, I remind you to check out the show notes as you'll find some links in there that'll help you better understand the implications and the complications of the climate crisis. So until we talk again, please take care.